Hey guys, my name is PD and I hope you are doing awesome today. I am really excited because I'm going to share with you something that is going to speak to you. Um, in the spirit, I feel like a lot of us this past week, maybe this past month for you, you've gone through a big dip and you're really, a lot, I believe a lot of us are asking questions, you know, God, why, God, why, God, why are you allowing this to happen? God, why this, God, why that? And that is something that I hope that God will speak to you today about. Last week, I actually wanted to prepare around this message. I prepared it, you know, I got everything together and I really felt on my heart last week to, to, to publish this. And then the father said, no. And I was just like, no, I just prepared all this and now I don't have anything and now I have to wait another week, you know, and, and the father and I trusted the father for a week. And, and sure enough, when this week came, he gave me a lot of other stuff that he wanted me to share with this in this week's Torah portion of Numbers 1, actually. So guys, stay with me through this. This is going to bless you. Um, it's blessed me so much. So let's dive right in. In Numbers 1, we read a very peculiar chapter. You know, when, when, you, when we start reading Numbers 1, it's a very boring chapter. You know, it seems really boring anyway. Like you, you open it and you start reading and, and basically we have God telling Moses to take a census of the people of Israel, of, of the 12 tribes. So if we've, there, there's 12 tribes in, the, in, the, uh, in Israel and right now God is saying, okay, like I want you to number each tribe and I want you to number it because you guys need to prepare for war. Okay. Because they're, they're kind of getting closer to the promised land now. And so now they need to prepare for that. And so when we read about this in Numbers, we have, there is a question that is begging and knocking on the door and waiting for us to open. And this question is, is why do we have to battle for something that God has already promised us? You see, God told Israel way back. He told them, guys, I'm going to take you out of this land of Egypt. And I'm going to place you in a land flowing with milk and honey. And he made this promise, this promise of God, of prosperity and freedom from bondage. All right. But now, right after that, he takes them out of Egypt and he brings them into this wilderness. He brings them into this place of, of where there's no, there's no prosperity, a place where it, it seems that it's, it's worse than it was. You know, and we, we see this throughout the journey of the Exodus where the, the Israelites, they're so frustrated. They're like, God, why are we here? God, why are you trying us? God, why? 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 And today we ask the same question. God, why? Lord, why did you allow this to happen to me? God, Lord, why did you allow that to happen to me? Why is things not going well with me? Lord, I thought you loved me. You see, we and, and, and things happen and we question God and we start questioning the existence of God and, and we start getting lost and we're just like, Father, what is going on, Lord? Where are you? You know, and and so today I want to I want us to answer that question. I want us to talk about that question. Why do we have to battle through this thing if God already promised us freedom? You know, he promised us prosperity through Yeshua's life, through through Yeshua. He promises freedom from sin. He says, hey, my desire is for things to go well with you. Now, why are we not seeing that? What, what's going on? Why? Why are we always facing these mountains in our life? Talking about mountains, I want us to read here. 
So we read here in Mark 11:23, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Jesus says something very interesting. He says that if you speak to this mountain, you believe in your heart, then that mountain will obey if you do not doubt. And see, we also read in the word that faith comes by hearing. And obeying. And see that word hearing, it actually it's it's actually Shama in Hebrew. And it means to listen and to obey. So in other words, faith is something that comes from listening and then obeying. Not just listening and oh I hear it and now I'm it's doing as well. And from that doing and hearing and doing, and then faith comes. And see, the Lord says here that. He, he desires us to go and speak to the mountain and, and command the mountain to go. And when we have the faith, then it will go. So do you not understand that if you do not speak to mountains and if you do not face mountains head on, and if you do not spend time on mountains in the secret place, then you will not be able to save others. So this whole aspect of speaking to mountains and, and, and facing mountains, facing tribulation in our life is an essential part in our life. So we can actually tell others, hey, guys, God has, has done this for me. You see, you'll never be able, man, you'll never be able to tell anyone that God is real, that God is there, that God loves you, that God will come through, that the promises of God are not or not idle. You'll never be able to tell that to anyone if you cannot have not seen that work in your life. And see, the only way that you will see God work in your life is if you see a mountain, is if you see something that is so, so deprived of life, so far from anything that is good from God, so far from God. So when you feel so far from, so far in the darkness and so far from the light, so surrounded by darkness in that place, that void place, if you get in that place and you feel like there's no hope and then the light comes and then you see God come and then he snatches you out of that place, then you will truly be able to see that God is there and that God is the only one who could have done that. You see, if there's no, you will, you will, if, if, if there's some other hope, you'll credit it to something else other than God. But if the only hope that is left is God and he speaks to the mountain in your life, then, and the mountain starts moving and then you'll be able to be like, this is truly God. And God has truly moved for me. God has truly inclined his ear towards me. And he's 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 considered his promises towards me. And see here, we also read about Jesus on mountains. You know, Jesus wasn't foreign to mountains at all in his life. He here in Matthew 14, verse 22, we read immediately. He made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. The boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But the disciples saw him walking in the sea. They were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to him, saying, take heart as I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, saying, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. 
So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, Lord, save me. Jesus, uh, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, this is a very, a very interesting story, a very famous story. But today I want to show you something different about this. You see, we here we, we see Jesus first departing from people, departing from his disciples, and he gets alone with God. He gets on a mountain in the wilderness, close to the Father, but far from people. And he gets in his secret place. And in the secret place, he spends time with the Father. And after that, when he departs from that place, he the boat is far off on the water and and Jesus starts taking steps on the water and Jesus starts walking on the water. So first of what we see here is that Jesus spending time on the mountain has something to do with him walking on water. You see, Jesus spending time on the mountain in that secret place led to him building faith and ridding him of unbelief. That place on the mountain, that place deserted from people, did that for him. Then he, he walked on the water and his disciples saw him and they were terrified. And Jesus, Jesus said, don't be afraid, Peter. Don't be afraid, it's just me. And Peter's like, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water with you. And, and see, Peter saw the faith of Jesus, that Jesus got, that Yeshua got from, from spending time in the secret place on the mountain. Peter saw that faith and he wanted that. And he said, Father, command me to come on the water with you. And, and Peter's faith was built up by Yeshua's faith. And Peter got on the water, started taking steps. And then Peter doubted because his faith was based on the faith of someone else. It wasn't merely based on, on him spending time with the Father on a mountain or him facing mountains in his life necessarily. But it was from him seeing the faith of Jesus. And he started sinking and he, and he called out, Jesus, Lord, Lord, Yeshua, save me, Father. And, and Yeshua called, stretched out his hand and grabbed his hand and said, you have little faith. You have little faith in him, and he pulled him up. And see, I want to submit to you that like you, we have been called to walk as Yeshua walked. And this whole thing that Yeshua went through is not only a picture for what, of him, but a picture for what we are to walk in. See, the, the, you spending time facing mountains in your life, in the wilderness, facing that place where you feel you're so far and, and from God, that place of facing mountains and that place on mountains, that time on mountains, time in the secret place. Those two places are, are what builds your faith. And do you not know that that is necessary to save others? Just like Yeshua, he walked on the water. He demonstrated his faith. Peter saw it and he wanted what he had. And he said, Lord, help me. And then he, 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 he sunk and, and he called out, Lord, save me. And see, in that same way, people will come to us. They will say, they will see the faith that we have. And they will say, what is this hope that is within you? And they will start drowning and we will grab them. And we will say, Oh, you have little faith. And when we just go on a little bit in Matthew 17, we read more about this. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. 
Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son who I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. So here we read how Jesus takes his disciples up to the mountain. And here he starts, I want to submit to you that here there was a message in this. He, he, he told them, he was, first he spent time alone on the mountain. He appeared to them. And then later we read how he takes them up to the mountain. And he wants to show them something there. And what he's showing them is that he, first off, he's there and suddenly Moses and Elijah appears. We read in the Old Testament when in the times of Moses that Moses himself spent time on the mountain. Moses himself spent time in the presence of God. He faced God himself on that mountain in that secret place with God, if you will. And so Moses's face started shining at some point from that, too. And now they appear with the disciples and, and the disciples are so shocked. You know, Peter's like, Lord, do you want me to like pitch a tent for you guys? You know, and um, and and then suddenly a voice comes and this voice says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him and see God confirms. God establishes to the to to everyone there. Listen, this is my son. And then this has come from Jesus one of this is some of the fruit of how Jesus spent time on the mountain. You see, when Jesus spent time on the mountain previously, you know, there is a move of God that always follows that. When you spend time on the mountain, when you spend time in the secret place, God will confirm that he will exalt you in the open. If you spend time in the secret place, he will exalt you in the open in front of others. And um, in the same way, that's what the father is was doing here is he's exalting Yeshua right in front of all of his disciples right here, because Yeshua has been spending so much time with the father in that secret place on mountains, too. And so when when they heard this, this voice, the, the disciples, they fell down to their faces and they were terrified. So if we think about that, it could be it's really something. It was probably a very like scary thing to happen, you know, like God coming and God's voice coming out of the heavens and and speaking to these people. It's a, I can imagine it'd be really like crazy. And and so they fell to their face. And we need to ask the question, why did God choose to 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 appear in this way? Because, guys, it is God's choice how he appears to us, you know. And so God appeared in such a drastic way to disciples for a reason. I want to start, I'm going to tell you that when we go to the Exodus, um, the same thing happened and God there explains about that reason more. So in Exodus 20, what happens is God comes and he comes and speaks and what God and God speaks his commandments. He, he specifically actually speaks the 10 commandments to Israel from this mountaintop. And then in 18, we read right after he speaks the commandments. Now, when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Moses said to the people, do not fear. Just like Jesus said to his disciples, do not fear. For God has come to test you. That the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. 
The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. And see, that's it, guys. This current tribulation in your life, this current mountaintop moment in your life, this current mountain you're facing. It's merely God's voice coming to test you. It's merely God coming and speaking his instructions to you. He's speaking his commandments to you. He's saying, walk as this. And, and you hear it and you're so and, and, and combined with this, this place of tribulation in your life, you're so distraught and you're so afraid of this mountain and you're so afraid of everything that's going on. But meanwhile, it's all been orchestrated and it's all there to test your heart. It's all there to see. Will you now just continue steadfast and follow his instructions? Follow his commandments or will you become fearful? And will you will you develop an, uh, a, a thing of Lord? I don't want anything to do with you, Lord. I don't want anything to do with this mountain. And see, instead of speaking to the mountain, instead of saying mountain, command you to move from that faith, which has come from spending time on mountains. Instead, you, 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 you just you just cop out and you're just like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. You see, that's such a dangerous place to be at, man. And you're actually in that place. You're actually also rejecting growth. You're rejecting what God has given you. Because see, the, the whole point of trials and tribulation, the Lord says, rejoice in trials and tribulation for they build character, build hope. And they build your faith, man. They will build belief. And like I said, guys. This is so important for for being able to grow and actually minister to to the lives of others. You'll never be able to talk about the God of, of that that appeared and spoke to you from that mountaintop moment in your life if you've not gone through it. Psalm chapter 37 verse 4 he says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart." And see, this is another if instruction. It's kind of like delight yourself in the Lord and then this will happen. Delight yourself in the Lord and then he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because if you delight yourself in the, yourself in the Lord, the desires of your heart will be in line with his desires. Because you will, if you delight in him, you will be so consumed with him. You will spend so much time on the mountain with him. You will so spend so much time when you face a mountain with him that your desires will align with his. And his desires for things to go well with you. And then suddenly... You get the desires of your heart. You see, so guys, I want to tell you today that God will honor his promise. And in numbers, there is an application that God is. He's not just spewing out numbers for no reason. God is not idle in his words. He's not saying it for no reason. When we go in numbers chapter one, we read verse after verse after verse of God giving us numbers and numbers and numbers. Now, why is that? If you recall the promise made to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I promise you, I will make your seed as many as the stars in the heavens. That's what he said. And see, we we know that when they when they entered Egypt, when before they became just as they entered Egypt, there were about 70 of them. And now they've left Egypt. They're in the wilderness and God is giving us numbers. And here he's he's giving us evidence of how he has been, he has honored the promise made to Abraham. Because here we read in Numbers 14, 1 verse 44. 
These are those who were listed, who Moses and Aaron listed with the help of the chief of Israel. Twelve men, each representing his father's house. So all those listed of the people of Israel by their father's houses, from twenty years old and upwards, every man able to go to war in Israel. All those listed were 603,550. Now guys, I just did a quick like a bit of research around this. When you look up into the sky, there's about 9,000 stars that we can see around the whole world, like from all hemispheres. If you look up, you can see about 9,000 stars. And then, so God here, he gives us a number and he says, like here, there were about 603,000 people. And that's just in terms of the, the men, oh, 21 and up. And so I want to submit to you that here God is not, is not only saying that I'm, I'm going to be with you on that mountain. I'm going to be with you when you speak to this mountain, when you face this mountain, when you go through this trial, even if you don't know what's going on, I'm going to be with you. I want to submit to you that you can trust him. That he will give you the desires of your heart because his promises are not void. He made a promise to Abraham and even in his in, in Israel's rebellion, when they built the golden calf, many men died. When when even when justice was being done towards Israel from God, people died throughout that. Even then, God fulfilled his promise, even through all of the disobedience of men, even through all of our even through all of our disobedience, man, even through all of our sin. God will honor that promise. If you seek him, if you delight in him, man, he's going to honor that promise. and He's going to be with you. He's going to take you through this place now. First, there were about 70 when they entered Egypt. They got out of Egypt. And then here in Numbers, we read about 600,000 of them. And today, we, got about, we know that there's about 6 million Jews in, in, on the earth. Throughout the Holocaust, despite the Holocaust, despite the persecution, being the most persecuted people on the face of the planet, the Jews are, have, been, have grown to six million, far outnumbering the stars in our heavens. And guys, get this. The Jews, as we know them today, is merely three of the 12 houses of Israel. It's not the entire, all of Israel is not comprising of Jews. Jews are only part of the house of Judah, the house of Benjamin and some of the Levi tribes. And so we've got nine other tribes of people right scattered across the earth who don't have their identity anymore as the Jews have kept their identity. And so that number that that six million that I just mentioned of the Jews, the lost tribes of Israel, who Jesus said, I, I have not come, but for the lost tribes of Israel, you know, um, those people far more man far more and that's part of the seed of abraham and guys guys this is just an incredible feat and and i want to submit to you that this was not some accident it's not something like that god this was throughout the ages and and, and this people has been i mean israel god's people have been the most persecuted people of the world bar none and God has, has done a miracle here to preserve his people. And so in the same way, God will do a miracle in your life. He will honor what he has said in the beginning. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Delight in him. He will give you the desires of your heart. All right, guys, may God bless you and keep you. May he shine his face upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his face and his countenance upon you. 
And may the Lord give you the desires of your heart as you delight in him. Thank you for, for staying here. And if you want more of this, subscribe to this YouTube channel. And I'll see you in the next video.